The race to 5G is on, and the battle for talent is getting fierce. Welcome to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, a podcast dedicated to helping you face the future workforce head on. Navigate this challenging talent landscape with innovative strategies to attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. Only here on 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. And thanks so much for joining me today on 5G Talent Talk. My name is Carrie Charles, and I have a phenomenal show for you today. So I'm happy to have as my guest one of my friends and also a woman that I have an enormous respect for, Moni McGaffigan. And Moni is the Chief Revenue Officer of Extinet Systems. Moni, thanks so much. I've been wanting to get you on the show forever. Thanks for coming on. Hi, Carrie. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here today. Yeah, we're going to have a blast. I cannot wait to get into just everything with you from your journey, everything. So we're going to have fun. So first, let's start with how did you get to the seat that you are in today? Are you sure we have time for that story? Um, (laughs) It was a long journey. So my story is that I got into the telecom world. Really, it was my second job out of college. So I was a little Cal State girl out of California and didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I had a friend that found their way into a telecom that said, hey, there's some good job opportunities over here. Take a look. And so I started as a field door knocking salesperson sort of back in the day with Sprint. And it was wonderful. Fabulous people, great training and I got the telecom bug, I guess, and just really worked my way up the ladder at Sprint, did sales training, took on management role, moved a couple of times, took a director role, really primarily in B2B sales, enterprise sales, strategic sales, those kinds of things, and just had a great time. And I did a little data center stuff there and just kind of dipped my toe into all kinds of parts of the business. My last assignment there was I was responsible for the wireline business unit, which was about a $4 billion business unit. I had strategic alliances, which was Microsoft, IBM, those kinds of relationships, Cisco, with really partnerships and go-to-market strategies. So I did a lot of really interesting things, had a great time, and then the company was going through transition. I was actually going through some transition, and at about... 20 years, I kind of raised my hand and said, hey, I'm ready to sort of get off this hamster wheel for a while and maybe take a look at doing something a little bit different. So I took about a six-month break, and then I found my way over to the infrastructure side of things. And one of my good friends and mentors is the one that told me to kind of look at this company, and that was Iyad Tarazi, who runs Federated, said, hey, why don't you go look at mobility? They're in your backyard. It's a smaller company. They're on the infrastructure side. You might like this side. So I went and talked to Mobility and ended up working with them for a couple of years and learning sort of this side of the business. And that was very interesting going from a very large company to a company that was in, had just sold a bunch of assets and they were in a rebuild. So we kind of did our thing and went out and did a lot of venues together. And that was really fun. And I learned a lot. And then I went off to do a startup. Another whole thing, and this was a privately funded startup, no private equity behind it, a guy that had a good checkbook and had a good vision. 
and worked with five bars. And we went out and did a bunch of Daz Wi-Fi projects, big ones like NRG Stadium, which hosted the Super Bowl. So we were meeting with the NFL and doing some exciting things and building a Wi-Fi system and Angel Stadium and some of these other big deals. We sold that off to Connectivity and then did a reboot and worked with jurisdictions and was really doing a lot of 5G, small cells in the right of way. And I learned that side, learned the jurisdiction side and how to work with a municipality and all the ins and outs of public policy and everything else that comes with that. So I've got this big company background and now this small company background and the startup. And I got a call from someone that said, hey, Extinet is looking for some new leadership. And I remember thinking at the time, big, small, maybe just right. <laughs> maybe it's about time for me to kind of a Goldilocks thing. Like, let's find a medium-sized company where I can really sink my teeth in, take all the lessons I've learned from corporate America, from the startup where you're really like bootstrapping it and you're calling on CEOs, but you're also emptying the dishwasher at the end of the day. Like, <laughs> tough stuff, that right? That's like my job. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then putting it all together. So I thought, huh, I haven't really Extinet for me. I wasn't sure what they stood for. I knew they were out there in the marketplace. I competed with them on occasion, but never like really head to head. And it seemed like my perception was they were a little bit lost and there was a really great opportunity there. And so I was like, I want to check this out and see if maybe this might be an opportunity to really make a difference and put my brand on something. And so I began talking to Rich Coyle and I was very impressed with him. Such a nice guy. And when I say nice, like not a pushover nice, but just like such a kind guy, but very smart and he'll outwork anyone. And there was just a trust that was built very quickly there. And here I am six months later. Wow. So that's kind of my journey. It's been a little bit of a windy road. And during all that time, raising a family and doing all the things that we do as women. But what I always loved about this industry is that I always felt like every couple of years, whether I had a new job or not, I had a new job because the technology was changing and we were right in the centerpiece of all of it. And I loved it. I yeah. love it still. Yes. Awesome. I love that. So talk a little bit about who Extinet is and I know that we have had your CEO, Rich Coyle, on our show on 5G Talent Talk before. And there's an incredible episode that he's wonderful. So I know many of the audience probably knows who Extinet is, but there could be maybe one or two people out there that do not. So if you could give us yeah. a little information about that. Yeah, Extinet is, well, number one, it's just an incredible company. It's one of the largest privately held infrastructure companies in the country, probably the world for that matter, we have over 35,000 nodes. We're kind of industry's best kept secret in a way because we own a lot of assets. So we've got over 4,000 route miles of fiber. We've got 35,000 nodes. We're in the indoor business. We're in the outdoor business. We've done some really big projects like Cowboy Stadium and Barclays and our most recent win, Empire State Building, is in our portfolio. So some really yeah. cool projects like that, Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. And then we were just recently were awarded the MGM portfolio, which is wow, arguably... Thanks. Yeah, it's huge. It's arguably the largest indoor project going on in the country right now. 
It's over 50 million square feet, 27 properties, high and marquee properties that everyone thinks about with is MGM and Bellagio, but they also just recently acquired Cosmopolitan. So just a big plethora of properties and they have some in Washington, D.C. and New Jersey and Biloxi, Mississippi too, some casinos. So we couldn't be more thrilled with that award, as you can imagine. And we're working very closely with our friends and partners over at the MNOs to put the system together. So it's a good one. And then we also were just recently awarded Fountain Blue. And that is a big brand new project coming to Las Vegas. Which wow, is really, really? Super oh, cool. 10 I million square feet. Out. <laughs> yeah, you know that from your part of the world. They're yeah. a big brand in Florida. Florida. And then we're doing all kinds of stuff outdoor too for the carriers, building small cells. So we're building several hundred small cells in Las Vegas right now, in Seattle, in Detroit, in Chicago, in Long Island, New York. So we're kind of all over the place, but I would say, at least from my perspective, like six months ago, I had no idea that XNet was doing all this stuff. So we are gaining some real traction and momentum, and you're going to hear a lot more about our brand in the future. Wow. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. That is awesome. So Amani, tell me about your role at Extinet. Mm-hmm. What is it going to be your day-to-day and what you're responsible for? And what I'd like to know is a little bit about your vision for the company and also for your team. Okay. Well, I love that question. So my title is Chief Revenue Officer, which candidly, I like to think of it more as Chief Relationship Officer. Because really, my vision for this, for this role and really this company is to take what's been traditionally thought of as the third party operator 3PO model. And maybe the business model stays the same, but the perception changes. And what I mean by that is I really want to be adding value to our customers and our relationships every step of the way. If we aren't faster, more predictable, or easier to do business with, then really our biggest competitor out there is for the carriers to just build it themselves. So we've got to every day be thinking about how are we adding value to our customers? How are we making their lives easier? How are we allowing them to accelerate their build plans and manage their budgets and give us the problem and let them walk away and go do what they do best? So that's what I'm thinking about each and every day and trying to really remove complexity in really what is a very complex business. There's a lot of risk associated with it. We work with great partners like yourselves to make sure that when we're in complicated build markets, we've got the right people in there that can do the work and get the work done. So to answer your question, my vision is I want us to continue on the path we're in. We're building a high performance culture but to really accelerate a lot of those value propositions that I'm thinking about. And in order to do that, we've got to work, we've got to be collaborative, we've got to be highly communicative and transparent with both our employee base and our partner base, our customer base. Yes, yes. And now you described the culture just a little bit. Can you go in a little deeper to the Extinet culture and what does it feel like to work at Extinet right now? I would imagine that people are excited, but a little bit anxious. We're going through massive transformation. And a lot of these concepts that I just talked about, speed to market, easy to do business with, what's our value proposition? It's not that it's necessarily a new concept, but hasn't really been part of the fabric of the culture. 
it's been more of an operational company, an operationally excellent company, really, really good at the operations and the deployment. In terms of the communication back to the market and the communication back to the customer and really scorecarding and making sure those processes are efficient and really getting customer feedback. What do you need? What do you want? Are we doing things the right way? I think we have opportunities for growth there. And so we're in the middle of that and really creating a culture of, again, I'm talking about like collaboration and like bringing the groups together and breaking down silos and understanding that by the way, without the customer, we have nothing. So it's always customer first and really putting that at the sort of top of mind for every meeting, every conversation. It's like, what does the customer want? What are they saying? We actually had a meeting this week, Carrie, and this is kind of funny, but I think people will relate to it. I said, guys, we don't want to be blockbuster in a Netflix world. <laughs> like we got to get on with it. Their models are changing. The way we're building is changing. The way indoor and DAS is being built is changing. There's DRAN technology, 5G, millimeter wave, marketing fees, those sorts of things. They all have to be thought of, and we need to listen to our customers. Mm. Oh, love that. Moni, you have been just an exceptional sales leader for so many years, and you've got all this experience in building and growing, high, like you said, high-performance sales teams. So tell me your secret. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no secrets and no like secret sauce or anything like that. I think foundationally it's about building trust with your teammates and your customers and your employees. And I don't really think about people working for me. I think about people working with me and really I'm working for them is the way I see it. I'm serving my employees and we're serving each other. We're serving our customer. And I just think about it that way. And I can tell you places, and I've certainly had my fair share of failures, and I've had a few successes along the way, but where I've had the most fun and the most success is when I'm working with people that there is a high degree of trust, meaning that people can show up as themselves, and that's okay. Like, you be you and say what you got to say, because I noticed many times in my career when people are anxious or nervous or everything has to be right and perfect. They're searching for perfection and we lose a lot of innovation and great ideas. Mm -hmm. And so you just want to make people feel comfortable so they can give their ideas forward. Mm. We were just talking about that in a meeting today. Were you? Bring us your ideas, no matter what. Don't second guess it. Don't audit it. Just bring it, right? And the other thing I love that you said is that we're working together with our team. They don't work for us. They work with us. And we have at Broadstaff, we don't say direct reports. We say direct supports. Oh, I love that. We're definitely aligned in that area. So I love, love, love that. What are your strategies I mean, I know hiring sales leaders is challenging, right? I mean, hiring salespeople in general, just anyone in sales is challenging. It's a very difficult skill to vet. And what are your strategies in hiring sales leaders and also developing them? Okay, so first off, because I've been in the industry so long, (laughs) I feel like I just have a good network of people that I can, trusted relationships that I can pull from and that kind of thing. 
Second, it's working with people like yourself and other professional recruiters that are out there that know the business better than I do. Like that's your sweet spot. This is my sweet spot. So really relying on trusted partners to help bring talent forward and understand what, you know, hey, Monty, I kind of get you. I know what you're looking for sort of thing. And I think thirdly, it's casting a wider net, especially in today's world where we're trying to broaden our profile and bring in diversity, if you will, is just cast a wider net when we're looking. It doesn't all have to be people from the industry or people that we already know or whatever. It's like take a chance and get to know people. And I think the fourth point would be we've got to build the bench. We also have some age gaps, I think, in the business. And so we've got to bring in people forward and enticing people out of school and younger people into this business. The enterprise side, the business side does a pretty good job because they're recruiting on campuses and things like that. And technology is pretty sexy and stuff that's going on with Facebook and Microsoft and augmented reality and virtual reality and all that stuff. That's kind of sexy, the application side. Our side, eh, not as much. So we've got to do a little more work to get people kind of over to the infrastructure side and realize it's a value add. There's value proposition. There's customer relationships. There's really a lot that can be brought to the party. And there's a nice career path. Mm. I want to learn more about you as a leader and and go a little bit deeper here. So what is it like to be on your team? (laughs) I'd say there's probably good days and bad days. (laughs) (laughs) I am tough, but I'm fair, and I have very high expectations, but I like to think of myself as fun. I'm direct and right to the point. I have no problem calling right into the person that sort of owns the opportunity, the problem, the solution, and bypassing a few steps to say, hey, wait, what's going on with this, and how can we do it today? I am a very decisive leader. And I believe, and it took me a few years to get here, but I kind of converted maybe 10 or 15 years ago that if there's 10 decisions to make, I'd rather make all 10 and get two or three wrong than make four and have them all right. Because I got a couple more extra decisions because time is money and speed matters. So I really push that on my team to like make a decision. If you already know the answer, be confident. I have your back. I'll always have your back. So we can make mistakes, but we need to keep moving. Wow. I love that. I should be taking notes myself. That's fantastic. (laughs) You've got experience in in facilitating change in a company like Edextinet, right? So how do you successfully create change in an existing company and come in and get everybody rowing in the same direction? It's a process and it is difficult. When Rich and I were talking early on, And I came on, he's like, we need a massive transformation. We've got some challenges that we've experienced the last few years. We've had some executive turnover, whatever those challenges were, whatever. I need somebody that can come in and break glass. Well, the first 30, 60 days, I was making some really big changes and pushing really hard. And I guess I would say, you know, sort of breaking some glass. And it wasn't really well received to be very candid with you. People were excited, but it was sort of scary. And it's like, well, who the heck are you to tell me how to do this when I've been doing it this way and that? So it is a process. So I kind of went guns a blazing. Then I really needed to back off for a little time. And it's like forming, storming, norming kind of a situation with a team. 
we're probably in the storming piece right now where people are a little tipped back, but we're seeing results. We've got the MGM win. We've got the Fountain Blue win. We just re-signed Circuit of the Americas. Wow. We've got our mobile network operators, our carriers listening to us a little more attunely. They love what Rich is doing. We've got a new CHRO, Anethia. She's a rock star. She's incredible. Yes. Really brought in some very interesting talent in like a Karen Sessions, who's got a lot of government affairs and public policy that's watching the infrastructure bill and kind of connecting those dots. So we've got some really interesting things going on. But as a person that maybe has been there for a lot of years, they're like, this is a lot of change. And so we also need to give people a minute to kind of digest and acclimate and realize that this is a lot of change, but it's good, positive change. And so I think the secret in it, if there is a secret, is to just stay positive, enthusiastic. It's like, we got this. We can do this. We got you. I know it's a lot, but we can do it. You know what I love is you're echoing exactly what Rich Coyle said in our interview, which is that transparency. And he was being that. And now you're being that, which is incredible alignment with culture, with Extinet. And it's refreshing. It's so refreshing. Transparency (laughs) is so refreshing in today's world. And, you know, it is the future. And candidates look for that. They demand it. They want to know what they want to know the future. They want to know the present. They want to know that there's a purpose and a meaning. So I just love that that's coming across right now. And the Extinet leadership has those qualities and the culture has those qualities. As a woman in telecom, and I, again, I always, when I speak to women in a male-dominated industry, I always ask questions like this, right? I mean, what challenges did you face, if any, on your journey to the top? And how did you deal with them? Well, it's a great question. And candidly, I don't think I spent a lot of time thinking about that as I kind of went through my journey. I can only think of like a couple different times in my career where I really was like, wait, am I not being responded to because I'm a gal? Like, am I really? I can only really think of a handful. And that might just be my personality. I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, (laughs) move along. (laughs) Move along, people. But I will say it is a real thing. And I've definitely had, as I'm sure you have, and many, many women in our business, hundreds of meetings where I've been the only woman in the room. And I try to use it as a competitive advantage. It's like, okay, I'm the only one that looks a little different. So I'm going to see if I can get my voice to be heard. But there are definitely times where it's been old boys club and I've been minimized or not heard, or I've actually given an idea and it kind of got shoved to the side just to be resurrected somewhere else. (laughs) It's like, hey, but you know, whatever, that's life. I mean, that does happen. So I think our job as women is to help support other women big time. And we've got to do, as you are, more recruiting of this space. It's an exciting business. It's a great business. It is screaming for more diversity. It is a very operationally focused kind of business. And that value proposition, I'm probably stereotyping, but women just, I think, tend to be more nurturing And we think about, I mean, it's just very natural for us to think about, how are you feeling about this? Do you like what we're doing? Mm -hmm. As opposed to here's the economics and (laughs) we have a deal, you know? It's like, great, I do agree with that. So 
I don't know if that answered your question. I kind of rambled on that one. But. No, that was perfect. And I do agree with you. And the studies have proven that we are more nurturing biologically. So I agree a hundred percent. What mistakes are companies making when they are attracting and retaining women in your perception? That is a great question, Carrie. First off, I'd say just to bifurcate just from women, I think companies in general are making a mistake by trying to attract with the dollar only, because I think I just a firm believer, you do a great job, the money will follow. And people, of course, need to feed their families, thrive and be paid in a fairly, if not top of their skill for their resume and on and on and on. But generally, it's an emotional buy-in. Do I feel connected with you? Do I feel tied into the greater purpose? Can I make a difference in that company? Am I part of sort of the transparency piece, the inner circle? Like, what does success look like? If I do my part, how do I know that that's getting the whole situation to move forward and our company to move forward? So I'm a big believer in sharing equity across the whole company, if at all possible, doing a lot of recognition, a lot of gratitude and appreciation, and really reaching way down, way up, sideways, this way, saying thank you. Thank you to your customer. Thank you to your partner. Thank you to your recruiters. Thank you to the person that brought in the breakfast in the morning and the person that locked the door at the end of the day. Because every little part matters. And if people feel that, then they'll want to stay with the company. And that starts to handle the retention piece. Because they're like, yeah, but I love it here. Yes. And you know, I love what you said, because I said, where do they come go wrong when it comes to attracting and retaining women? And you said, let's talk about human beings. How yeah. do you actually attract and retain human beings? Because we're all human and we have very similar needs. And I love that you took it there because the more that we think about that, which is, look, we all want similar things then the retention becomes a little bit easier at that point. So I think you're right on with that. What advice would you give to, let's say, and again, I'll stay with, we're talking a little bit about being a woman in telecom. And what advice would you give to a young woman who's listening right now or watching? And she wants to be in the C-suite someday. First, I'd say, go girl. (laughs) You go girl. I'd say visualize yourself there and get your plan together, make sure you know your goal. And so that's sort of half the battle is knowing where you want to go. And then it's just sort of working your plan and making sure you raise your hand and the Sheryl Sandberg, lean in, ask the questions. Don't worry about being perfect. I can think of times in my career where I've not kind of gone for it because I tell myself, oh, you're probably not ready. You might not be smart enough, good enough, put together, whatever the words are. You didn't know that part, the financing part, or you don't know this part, or you don't know that part. And it's kind of like calling BS on that and saying, you know what? Yes, you do, actually. <laughs> and you're pretty damn good at what you do. And really getting that young woman to kind of see that and say, just take it on. And like, what's the worst thing that can happen? So you fail. So what? That's when all the learning happens. And that's okay. So I guess the very simple would be just like, raise your hand. Mm-hmm. Just say yes. Just go for it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Take it on. Raise your hand. Yeah. Say yes and go for it. And I think yeah. 
Every person, not just women, every person needs to put those words on their bathroom mirror and just look at that every single day, Moni. I think that's a wise, wise words for career success and advancement. Um, so this, is, this has been fantastic. And I know you're hiring because we are a partner with Extinet on the hiring side on staffing. And it's just been phenomenal working with you. So I know you are, and I know there's many jobs available. Where can people go to find out more about Extinet jobs or to learn more about Extinet in general? ExtinetSystems.com, our internet website has all the information on it. And we're absolutely looking for great talent to, to join the group. And reach out to me on LinkedIn or reach out to Anethea Dorch on LinkedIn, our CHRO. And, you know, raise your hand. Raise your hand. I love it. (laughs) Raise your hand. That is good. Moni, thank you. This has been so fun. And I know I learned a lot. And I know that, again, I love your authenticity, the transparency, and just knowing who you are and the Extinet leadership team right now. I mean, just you're on a rocket ship. So good luck. And I know all your dreams are going to come true. I'm excited. So thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Carrie. It's been my pleasure. And I really, really appreciate you taking the time. So we'll see you soon. Of course. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another informative episode of 5G Talent Talk brought to you by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers, and Broadstaff Talent Solutions. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate this ever-changing landscape of 5G to help you attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit broadstaffglobal.com. Until next time.